Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's the Baffled Boys. We are back with all the facts. Uh, my name's Dan. Three things for you this week. Stuff about names, stuff about coffee, which I think Connor will enjoy, and a petty argument that probably went too far, as they always do. Mark is also here. What have you got? So today, why a song ends as it does... And I've also got a few things about names. One scientific and one we go back in the day. Uh, Connor is here as well, Connor. So I'm just putting it out there. Number one, I'm really happy that you've stopped baffled boys making all the noise. And number two, this yeah. week I think could be my best week of facts. We're going with the AA, we're going with restaurants, and we're also going with bees once again. Mm, uh, I think I think we've, we've bigged ourselves up too much there. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to run this through after this. <laughs> Stick around, it's a brand new episode of Baffled. 
independence thing like as in when when they went over there when they went over there when they made all this they had the louisiana purchase when they made all the states i would have loved to have been there to just do the naming like virginia named after the queen uh all of these things like pennsylvania named after william penn i think i would love and then they went we can't call it Columbia. Florida, but, named after famous rapper Flo Rida, of course. Yeah, exactly. A Texas, Texas, named after named a after famous Texas Scottish Texas band. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> I think mine was better than yours, I'll be honest. I, yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, Connor, but I'm giving the point to Dan there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Texas, barbecue. So then they get to uh, Washington, and they think we're going to call it Columbia. No, that'll confuse people, because of Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, why don't we just call it wa- wa- Washington? Do you reckon yeah. it was more of a petty thing? Do you reckon that they went, we're going to name ours Washington, District of Columbia. And they went, oh, we're going to use Columbia. I didn't think anyone else would use Columbia. We'll stuff them. Washington. Just that. That's what we're going with. Screw you. What I love most is even the name like Washington, D.C. is beautifully American. Because it's Washington after George Washington. And Columbia is just like a nickname for the, uh, for the states, for the United States. So it's like, hey, mm. Washington... It's it's our place. It's the district of of our place. Like I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that too. It, it does interest me as well. Like what you said when you think of all these historic things that were once a thing. The way the way they actually did sit down and discuss names of these places and how it gets signed off, agreed. The final thing, the debates, what was potentially going to be there, what it was, and it does really interest me. I would like to have been a fly on the wall back then. What would you name your state, Connor? If I gave you a little slab of land, say somewhere in the middle, Nebraska, for instance, you're taking over Nebraska. What are you going to call it? Hmm. I'll probably call it Geese. Yeah? Geese. Geese. It would be like, where are you going on holiday? Geese. I grew up near a place called Staines. And, like, Staines is a perfectly nice place, but it's called Staines. So, who you know, horrible. Whereas, you know, if you grew up in Geese, it just sounds awful. More Geese. Sounds like something fat. It'd be a fat place with Geese. Mark, if you, had a, if you lived in a state, if you could name a state, what would it be? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is coming from the guy who decided Factor Hippo was good, so I don't think any of my naming is going to be strong. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'd call it. I'd just call it Factor Hippo. Well, I tell you what, I'm up for having... Could we play a game, Fact or Hippo? I don't know. I'm a, my, creative ju- my creative juices are going today. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. They called it Washington, not Columbia, because they didn't want to confuse people, and then they've confused me. Who knows? Connor, give us your first fact of the show. And it's apparently a big one, by the way, folks. Yeah, it is a big one. Do you know what? We're going to go in with... Fact attack! I would say... Yeah, we're going to go in with the AA. The AA fact. So, in the UK, uh, we have something called the AA. Um, So, it's an emergency services... No, not an emergency services. It's a road recovery company and uh, and an insurance (laughs) firm. So... This is this is one for you both. Did you know the AA was formed by a group of motoring enthusiasts back in June the 29th of 1905? Um, and it was actually created to fight against the law, the AA. Um, they wanted to champion motorists, uh, in particular help drivers to avoid police speed traps. That was what the AA was created for. Okay. Uh, again, mm. long walk for a short swim, I think. You know, I, mm. we, had a lot, we had a lot of build-up. to what it Effectively, was was quite a good thing. Boom, AA, yeah. the most famous roadside helper in the UK, was actually made to, to help you get away from speed traps. 
I enjoy that. So basically, when speed limits were introduced way back when, uh, they would get local people in the area um, who were free, and they would go and scout out where these police traps were, where they were hiding, you know, whether they were hiding in the bush or they were hiding around the corner like, like they do today. Actually, I don't think they're allowed to, by law, hide anymore. I think they have to be visible. But back then, it was a bit different. Um, and locals would basically stand at the end um, of the road where they were, where the police traps were. And if people were driving along and they had paid the subscription per month to be part of the AA, they would have a little disc in the front of their car that would have the AA on it. And they would warn them people that there was a police trap ahead. Uh, there you go. I think my parents were once like flashed, were once pulled over by the police because they flashed someone to warn them of a speed trap ahead. Yes, you're not allowed to do that. But back then, the AA were, were, were the company, basically. So it was a subscription per month. You'd get a little badge for your for your vehicle or whatever it is that would go in the front. And, yeah, if, if someone was working on the intercepting of the police traps, they would let you know with a private signal, with maybe a wave or a wee like that, to let you know there's one coming up. And I had a little look into this because it interested me how much one of those badges would be today. £500 on eBay if you want to get yourself one. So were they just nearby? And, and I can't imagine it's as useful nowadays because there's not just people sticking around near traps to give you a signal. So that's what no. it was. These people were just hovering, waving. Yeah, so basically they were people that were scouted out by the AA to go and find police traps and then they'd set like a, a, a route around where the police trap is, position these people to kind of catch people that were driving along who were AA members before they entered the police trap that there was a police trap ahead. So lower the speed. They were basically well, I, breaking well, the law. What I like is that they saw people who were about to get caught and went, are you an AA member? Nah, f*** you. Go on, get caught. Mm. We've, mm. we've discussed before, we've had facts about like the first speeding ticket that was given in Kent or wherever it was, and it's really, really small. So like these people, they would have been like crawling up to them as the pit person waved to say, by the way, there's a speed trap behind you. And what was yeah. it? Was it a speed camera back in the early 1900s? No, no, no. So it was a it was a police trap. So how that works, I don't know. But it was a police trap that would somehow capture, you know. Because I think I think I actually said the fact before that the f- that the first yeah, speeding ticket was given was eight mile an hour or eight miles per mm. hour. Yeah, something, something like that. that. I remember that. So you'll remember. Right- have a guy who's really good at guessing speeds, just sitting there in the police car, going, "No, nope, I think that's eleven miles an hour. Go on after him, after him." <laughs> you will remember at the start of the show, Connor. Gave it bit big old licks, huge licks. Best fact ever. Mark, I'm going to set you... Firstly, let me say, that's not really a Connor fact. Connor fact is usually, oh, you know, bees have five legs or something. It's, not, it's very specifically not a Connor fact. Mark, I'm going to give you the job here. Is that, like, is it a fact smack? Or is it fact that's lacked? In how is it? What are you rating that? Good or bad? I, I would, I, I would say it's, it, it's on the lower end. I'm afraid, Connor. Don't agree. It's, it's not my favourite AA. <laughs> so don't agree. Don't agree. I think it's a cracking fact. I, yeah, it, it's not my favourite AA fact. So therefore, it immediately gets marked down. What is your favourite AA fact? The fact that they used to have little phone booths on the side of the road to ring them. That's that, right. Well, I mean, that's, just, that's not a fact. That's just doing what the AA do. Well, no, it used to be like, it used to be like a red phone box, but instead it was black and gold for the AA. Yeah, I mean, and it I only mean, rang the AA. Connor, you know well, what? Your fact has been saved. Mind. Your fact has yeah. been saved because of that <laughs> you know trial. When you, when, yeah, when you when you listen to facts of, shit of, of, of you know the case that the AA were breaking the law back in the day, when you come out with the fact that a phone booth was painted <laughs> in the brand colour and worked for them, God, instantly lifts the mood. <laughs> Just saving you, mate.
Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Okay, fact number one from me. Uh, simple lesson in life. When you don't know, whistle. It might make a hit. So the iconic whistle at the end of sitting on the dock of the bay was improvised by Otis Redding because he forgot the words. He forgot what he had to sing, so he whistled instead. And it is now one of the most iconic parts of the song. How does it go? I, I can't whistle. Well, well. Do you, do you, you know, can't. what's it go like? You Come on, you need to provide. You can't bring a whistling fact to the podcast and be like, well, I can't whistle. I do know something about an AA phone box, though. I told you, I can't whistle very it's well. A, it's, an, it's an owl treat for our listeners. A lot of air being blown <laughs> into their ears. Yeah, I mean, it's a no from me. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> We have discussed this before, and I feel like I have set this precedent this week. This is a podcast of discovery. It's not. A, it, it's an open house. No judgment really here. And I'm aware that I asked Mark to judge. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I don't feel like I care enough about that song to give a shit. Mm, yeah, it's Fair a good enough. fact though. It's it's a bit like the it's a bit like the Beatles fact when I told you that he had swore behind the the song when it was being recorded. It's it's something that no one really cares about, but when you hear about it, you're like, "Ah, oh, okay, right, that's interesting." Because naturally, when you next hear the song, naturally you just think that that was part of the tune. The fact that he was in the booth and forgot it, and look, 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 look at how famous it is, is is kind of cool. But I think the AA fact <laughs> on it a bit. Right, this is uh, it's, that's it though. It's not, it's not a competition. Which which one are you talking about? The phone book, the phone booth. Fact? Yeah, oh no, that yeah, yeah, oh yeah, definitely, yeah, the phone booth one. Yeah, yellow and red. What, what colour were they? Yellow and black. Yeah. You're in black, come on, mate, sort it out. So, yeah, uh, from now on, here endeth any competition in the facts. Interesting. Part one, we have learned about names, we've learned about AA, and we've learned about whistling. What more do you want from a podcast? It's time for my second fact of the show. Uh, Connor, this is one for you. I think this would be a job that you would be mwah, mwah, fantastic at. Yeah. Frederick the Great of Prussia instituted a high tax on coffee because he wanted to keep everything in-house. He wanted to rise inflation. So things that you had to buy in, things like coffee, high tax. Uh, So he hired a squad of coffee sniffers who would go around (laughs) sniffing out people who were making coffee illegally. I was waiting for Connor's reaction on this. No, I'm digesting. I'm doing. I'm doing exactly. what I always do. Seems to be which is a, which is a there. Di- digest. Yeah. Repeat that last bit again. I'm just trying to work out exactly how that is happening. Go on. So, bloke king puts tax on coffee. Wants to make sure no one's having coffee illegally. So he hires a lot of people to hide. By the way, the brutal thing is, is these people were quite often um, disabled, so they could. I think back there they could hide in places. They would hide them, pay them quite a lot of money to sniff out coffee. To sniff out coffee. Yeah, yeah it's 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 a it's a good situation. This is a situation that I really enjoy. I think what it's funny because there was once a pitch on Dragon's Den where someone created a lid for a for a takeaway coffee cup where there was a little hole to drink out of and a little hole at the top that matched your nose position when you drink it because apparently, by research, the enjoyment of a coffee is 40% smell. So the fact you can smell it out for a living right, is got... a great situation. So I've got an issue with this. Why mm. do you need a lid on it? Why do you need a lid? I know. 
Oh no, they didn't get any. They didn't get any money. They didn't get any. I'm just taking the research. Yeah, Peter Jones said it was a complete load of cobblers and and declined it within about 30 seconds. And also, this is part of the myth of coffee, isn't it? Because I would imagine 40, 50, 60 percent of any eating food is all smell. Because if you can't taste when you close your nostril, like try it, you'll no, be able. To, exactly. You'll be able to. You might be able to taste it, but it won't be how it tastes. So the idea that someone's gone on and been like, oh yeah, 40 percent. Oh, give me this thing for a little. But coffee, coffee, a good coffee, like. When you get a really nice bag of coffee that smells incredible, it's just there's there's finer things better than that in the world. Ah uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 like I don't like these people who are coffee snobs, you know, who like judge beans. Are you a bean judger, Connor? No, 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 no. I just like a good cup of coffee. I don't really care where it's from. I don't care like go to Costa, which is terrible coffee sometimes, by the way. But if you go there Always. and it tastes if it tastes good, I enjoy it. What do you say? Just saying, it always tastes bad. Always tastes bad. Yeah, there we go. So, Costa, if you ever want to sponsor us, sorry. Sorry, we're coffee snobs. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Michelin stars at restaurants actually links completely with the tyre company. How? Okay, so how you? How you ask? How he asks? He, so, he, he did ask, yeah. Way, 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 way back when, two brothers created a book, basically, um, that was recommending restaurants and things to do. Um, it was in 1900 when there were fewer than 3,000 cars on the road of France. And the reason they wanted to do it was to increase the demand for cars accordingly, uh, also car tyres and car tyre manufacturers. But what they would do is they would recommend restaurants that were really far away from... I think it was central London at the time. So basically, people had to travel far to get to these restaurants away from London, so therefore they'd be using their car more, therefore getting through more tyres. Clever. And it ended up being that people were buying more tyres, naturally, good good thing to do. And they realised that the restaurant section was quite an interest to the people, so they started rating the restaurants in the book with Michelin stars. I love the fact that these things take off. That now it's gone from... You know, a little magazine, a little travel m- m- uh, leaflet to advertise the tires. How it's taken off from that to you know the best chefs in the world wa- in the world all rate themselves, and that's what they work for to get two, three, four, five, yeah. six Michelin stars. I love Michelin that. stars. Yeah, and it was it was a tiny little star in the back of the book that would you know like 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 today that would give you a rating. Probably out of five, uh, maybe a little review on the restaurant as well. And there you go, Michelin stars were born. You've eaten in a Michelin star restaurant? I can't say I have that I know of. I don't think so. I've eaten in some nice restaurants. I don't think I've ever been Michelin star level. Have you? Yeah, I once ate at the Hand and the Flowers, Hand and Flowers, which is Tom Kerridge's thing in Marlow. Very nice. Do you notice a difference when you step into a Michelin star restaurant over your local Nando's? Yeah, probably over Nando's, yeah. The thing is, like, I think, do you have to, is the deal with the Michelin star to get one, you have to kind of have created your own dish. Like, you can't just be serving dishes well, like, you have to, which I guess most chefs do. From my experience, yeah, you do, because as soon as you walk in, it's before the food, you're served very well, it's all very nice and fancy and posh. But it's the case with all of these things, the portions you get are tiny. The flavours are filling, sure. But portions, tiny. That's my issue with posh food. Oh, look at this. We've given you one piece of it. It's like, no, give me a meal, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm paying three times more than I would for a normal meal. Don't give yeah. me three times less food. But this is the point. It's like posh buffets. 
It's the well, buffet is the worst food in the world, but po- that's yeah. the that's the point. Is it's the fl- mm. and like having eaten it, it does fill you up, but it's the flavour that's filling you up. It's because they got very rich ingredients. Yeah, and they're also very rich because they've ripped me off because they've given me half a meal at three times the price. I know. I know you'd have a problem. You, you don't. You, uh, you'd have got a joyless existence, Mark. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. Give me a give me a pub with pie and chips. I'll take that over a Michelin star restaurant any day. Proper food. Proper food. Proper food from proper working class people. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. This is one that I just really enjoy. The European Space Agency is building an extremely large telescope. They've named it the Extremely Large Telescope. (laughs) So, so right. There's precedent for this. Sorry to jump in. I just read a thing about a telescope in Chile that's called the Very Large Telescope. Uh, No, that is the Extremely Large Telescope. It's built by the European Space Agency, but it's actually in Chile. Originally, it was called the European Extremely Large Telescope, and they decided that was too long. So now Mm. it's just the Extremely Large Telescope. Because we all need that in our lives, don't we? No, this is no, there, there is, that's what I'm saying, there is a very large telescope from 1998. Oh, is this the one that it's replacing? So it's, Here we go. There's like a sequel. I love the fact they've got no more creativity, just calling it massive telescopes. I like that. I like that. That makes this even better. This should be up your street, Connor. Mm. You seem no interest in this beauty. No, no, it is up my street. I just, I just sometimes, I, my mind works wonders when we do Baffled, because I either hear something and then I instantly react, or I hear something and I try and imagine it in front of me. So right now I'm trying to imagine it in front of me and how big it is. I'm trying to, like, Just basically it. think of an extremely large telescope, and that's what it is, mate. Yeah, just think, what, like, telescope size times four? Yeah, it's 40 metres in diameter, to give you mm. an example of the size. Across. Mm. Or about 120 feet. So it's across, 40 metres across, Connor. Yeah, 40 metres. That's long. Most are like 40 centimetres. I would say it's extremely large. Yeah. That's what I would say. I extremely would say it's large. extremely large too. Maybe they should have called it that. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I wonder what the yeah, next one would be called. E- extremely larger telescope. Yeah, these things keep getting yeah, bigger. The f- me. This thing is ginormous. Telescope. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is the, what I was thinking of and just translated across the globe in different, different ways. You can always get in touch, by the way. It's info at baffledpod.com. And you can give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. We are at BaffledPod there. And uh, look, we're a bit scant on reviews because we're not giving away Nintendo Switches at the moment. If you're listening, if you're enjoying the show, remember to follow us wherever you listen. If that place is Apple, bam, leave us a review as well. Fact attack. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create Podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen. Listen, bitch. Oh, Listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Uh, I, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both. <laughs> for the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing, I was doing some weird dance moves. <laughs> Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier. And for me, like, that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music in My Life, and How Are You? Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. Time for my last fact of the show. Uh, Clint Eastwood, did you know that Clint Eastwood was is the mayor was the mayor of uh, no Clint Eastwood was the mayor of Carmel on Sea in America in California he was the mayor? Yes, and the only reason I know that is because it's my favorite Gorillaz song. There you go. Is that is that in the in the song? No, the song's called Clint Eastwood. Yeah, but yeah, but but therefore why like I knew of Clint Eastwood, I didn't know he was the mayor or somewhere. Why no, just do you because know it because of a song. Because I'm probably probably at some stage in my life it would have come from that because I had no idea who Clint Eastwood was when I first listened to the song. So, Clint Eastwood was the mayor of a place called Carmel-on-Sea, which is in uh, America. Carmel-by-the-Sea, I'm sorry. He was mayor for like, a couple of years, I think. And the reason he ran was because he wanted the ice cream shops to come back. I love just simple things like that. Yeah. So they banned ice cream. Because they thought it would take up too much water making them. And, it, you know, California, very sunny place, very hot, a lot of droughts. They said, right, it's going to take up too much water. We're going to ban ice creams. Clint Eastwood said, you know, what? I'm not having this. I want my ice cream shops. I'm going to run for mayor. Petty man, petty argument. And he became mayor based on that. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that is a pretty simple way in it of becoming mayor. Connor, if you were the mayor, if you had one yep. policy... What is it? Mm. Pick up your dog poo. Yeah, just just pick up your dog. Where are you walking where they've not picked up I live in Essex, mate. You've slagged it off enough over the past 86 episodes. Trust me, it's dog floor. I always thought it was quite a clean place. People from Essex... area, lots of nice... But I just it really bugs me when there is dog shit on the floor. Just pick it up. It's not hard. Especially when it's on, like, your grass verge. Irritating. That's my grass verge. Uh, That's mine. Well, to, I don't own it. To be, But it's the council's, yes, but it's outside my house. To be fair, if I had a dog, I would, I would specifically drive like the ninety miles to Essex so it could have yeah. a little dump on your grass verge. I know you would as well, just to wind me up, and then put you put a post-it note on it saying, "This is Dan Simpson's dog." <laughs> ha ha. Yeah, uh, Mark, you've got one policy, one policy only. You can't. It can't be anything to do with your ginger ale. What is it? Can't wait to hear uh, this. Here we go. What would it be? I don't know. Probably something super exciting, like. Um, insisting that everyone lives their life via a very diarised calendar which is very clearly spelled out in their phones so everyone has some organisation in their life. It's probably that. Phone boxes on every corner that take you to whatever company you want. Yeah. And magically they'd be in the colours of that company. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, who'd have thought it? 
so many phone boxes. Yeah, I'd have I'd I'd be on litter duty as well. I've, I've, as I mentioned, I've, I've bought myself a litter picker so I can go and clean up my local park. That's been the biggest development of the last mm-hmm. month or so in my life. Uh, or, um, um, yeah, like if it gets too hot, just off and you're not working. Like get get out of work. I ain't doing that. Yeah, like you know, in school when it was too. I, I once let. I was once. Uh, we were sent on our school yeah. holidays two two days early because it was so hot, and they were like, you know, it's too hot. Oh, it's too hot. Get home. Too hot. It's too hot. Too, too hot. hot. It's, it's, did you ever have the thing at school where you'd ask your teachers to go out to the uh, go out and sit on the field? Teachers on the field. Teachers outside. Not that. Not that we're. Yeah, we did. Not that we're a show that condones uh, being mean. Obviously. But Mark, obviously, well, Mark, when you suggested that at school, even though it was something that everyone wanted, did they say "boo no" and flick things at you? I mean, I never suggested it. As if a ginger kid would suggest, "Yeah, let's <laughs> go outside into the blaring sun." Come on, Daniel. <laughs> Please, mm. that's where, maybe that's ass. where it all comes from. It's because. The cool kids really want, let's go outside in sunny, and then you're the lone voice. No, let's please stay in here. I didn't put my sun cream let's on. Please stay in here. Uh, there you go. That's why Clint Eastwood became the mayor of Carmel by the sea because he wanted it as ice creams. Connor, give us your last fact of the show. Okay, last fact of the show for me. Nice and simple. If bees were paid human minimum wage for their work, a single pound of honey would cost $120,000. I don't, don't understand. So the amount of bees it takes to make a pound of honey, oh, okay. if they were all paid minimum wage, $120,000 it would cost. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. No one would buy it. No one would buy it. I mean, we dipped off a little bit on this fact, didn't we? I think the first two are very, very strong. Third one, bit of fun, something to digest. Tell me, mate, stand a pub. Stand a pub fact. Have you just got bee facts, like, bookmarked on your... On your browser. Yeah, I, I got them when I searched like just random B facts, and there was quite a lot there. I was on a, I was on the toilet. I mean, this is the thing. We're, we're we're finding facts all the time, us lot. And I can tell you now that Dan and Mark will admit it. It's definitely a toilet thing. I find. I'd have a little look when I'm having a when I'm having a dump. I'll just have a little look at some facts for the show. That's my uh, time. I give this show a lot more respect than that. Come on, Pff, liar! Come on, oh yeah, you designate time in your calendar. Oh, it's me hour to find facts. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he definitely does, doesn't he? Danny sets an alarm. His missus wants to go for a Two drink hours for a bit so of lunch. He goes, proper research. Oh no. oh, no, can't do that. Designated time for fact-finding. Did you know the most expensive honey in the world is from New Zealand? It's, 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 it's Manuka honey, $5,000 a jar, New Zealand dollars. Don't know how much that is in, in the UK. So my dad takes Manuka honey um, because there's right. a lot of doing all right. health benefits around it, but <laughs> his is like £60 a tub. Um it's expensive. So, does your dad do other healthy things? Yeah, like he, he, yeah, he does like just a few random things that he believes in that make you know better health. My, my, one of my, one of the things I love most in the world is people, and I'm not, I'm not speaking about your dad. Who knows? That aren't really that healthy. Eat, eat badly. Don't do loads of exercise. Get on the beers, but like do like little token efforts for like old wives' tales of of health, like having manuka honey, what and then you go and smash out five pints. What? Is it, let's create a vision of. Damien, the guy's called Damien, four takeaways a week, excessive pints, smokes 20 a day, but he has a bit of manuka honey on a Sunday morning and feels like it's all wiped out. Yeah, but I think that's too grand. It th- I think that's too grand because, you know, it's 60 pound a jar. The ultimate one is when people, yeah, like have a takeaway twice a week, go down the pub a few nights to smash out five plus pints literally never move but that I've diet coke it's like like little little touches like that they just make me nothing all that matters all no one small effort the biggest thing for me is like 
the folk that sit there and go, oh, a Kit Kat is, you know, 285 calories, but I burned that at the gym earlier, so I'm all good. It just really gets under my skin. It's like, it just bugs me. So, oh, yeah, I burnt 300. So, you know, realistically, the Kit Kat only cost me 70 calories. Oh, shut up, Deirdre. Yeah. Had a nightmare, mate. Yeah, it's true. Big fan, big fan. Uh, Mark, give us your last fact. The last fact of the show. It's a big Ooh, come on, Mark. fact. Yeah, prepare yourself. We want no sows. We want no sows. We want, we want good delivery. Let's do it, bud. So, <laughs> just to get you. Uh, if you're like me, then you'll always have wondered where the names of the months come from, right? Well, let me give you some answers. I'm so uh, interested so it, to know, on average, if we looked at a graph, how many people dropped off the episode just then. But no, Connor, did you did you listen how he made it? What's that, Mum? What's that, Mum? Dinner's ready. Yeah, no problem. I'll be there in a minute. Bang off. I mean, we haven't even got there yet. Connor, mate. did you Come did on. you hear how he made it nice and accessible for you? Instead of just yeah. saying what the fact yeah. was, you know, even though yeah. people have literally clicked on this podcast to listen to it, they know what they're getting. Hey, 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 cool cats out there in Listenerville, uh, are you like me? Do yeah. you ever sit there and wonder? Uh, where the facts, where the names of the months come from? Well, let, why don't you stick around and find out? Well, I, th- I, I feel like it needed an in because Here otherwise I'm just going to go. Do you want to know where some names of months come go. from? Come That's then. the point of the show. Go. So in Roman times, they used to celebrate the new year in the month of the first harvest. That was March, which therefore makes September, October, November and December the 7th, 8th, 9th and 10th months. Hence Sept, Oct, Nov and Dec. So that is right. why... Those months have 7, 8, 9, 10 in them, even though for us, they're 9, 10, 11, 12. me, that is shit, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, my God, that is honestly... I, I'm, I really wanted to be nice. Mark, I don't know what's happening with you, mate. I like that fact. I think that's a good fact. I mean, it's, it's like literally... The thing is, you didn't spell out the fact that we think of them as 9, 10th and 11th until too late. Like, if you'd have said, hey, have you ever thought that... September is the ninth month, but we say it's the seventh month. Also, the the best thing about the fact it's the one about it, the best month one. It's why we call January January because it's named after the Roman god Janus, who had two heads, so he was looking both forward and back into the year. That's more interesting. Do you know what? Right, I think we've all found our positions in the world of facts and baffled. Okay, so you got you got you got Connor. He's the one who waffles loads about how good his facts are, and then provides mediocre bullshit for the whole hour. Then you got Mark. Then you got Mark. You are guaranteed with Mark if you tune into a baffled episode to get one fact that you think, wow, that's a good fact. But you are almost instantly here with one of the most diabolical facts you've ever heard in your whole entire life that has no correlation to life. And then you've got Dan, who just provides consistently okay yeah, facts se- week on week. Six, seven. What's amazing, so you have to think about it like this, Connor. We have had it absolutely confirmed to us today that he allots time in his calendar to discover facts and he comes out with that. <laughs> yeah. Comes out with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that you are doing the uh, great baffled listeners a disservice by saying that that is not a good fact. I think there's a lot of them there that are digesting that going, oh, yeah. that's some lovely facting. Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I actually I actually owe you this honesty. I, I, ca- I don't know what you said. So... <laughs> I, I'm, I, did, I didn't understand it, really. I don't really know what you said. So, please, for me and anybody else who's in the same position, probably 80%, repeat it one more time, but in a, in a form that we can make sense of. Okay, so, September, October, November, December have, are for us, are the 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th month. But, sept means seven, oct means eight, 
Novveen's nine, Dec is 10. The reason for that is because that is what they used to be in Roman calendar, that September used to be the seventh month, December used to be the 10th. Oh, month. it's even worse. You see, it when, he, when he says it like that, I enjoy it more. That made more sense to me. Uh, Mark, that was, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean. See, it, meanwhile, it, Dan hated it more. Yeah. No, it's just. Should we give it a spin on the wheel? See if it's a win or lose fact, eh? So, I think we need to, you know, people have stuck with us this long. Um, I'm in the studio today, so I have control of the buttons. Should we just just as a little well done for people who have stuck this long and sat through that fact? Corner has IBS. Corner has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. I- mm. That is Mark's work, to be honest. So, you know, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Baffled. What have we learned this week? Well, if you're ever having trouble remembering, just whistle and it might make you loads of money. Uh, Also, the AA have phone boxes. Phone boxes, people. Had, not have, had. Follow the podcast because they had phone boxes and we're all off to live in the mystical state of geese. Geese. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Also on that socials at Baffled Pod for most of those. And you can get in touch info at baffledpod.com as well. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. It's June when we're recording this, uh, which is the sixth month of our year, but it's the third month of the Romans' year. So, crazy times on Baffled. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.